Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in again. I started the podcast season 2020 with an interview with Lisa Nagat. She's a sea lightning engineer at Blockstream, and now I'm proceeding with another female guest. It's Alexandra Moxin. She's the host of the Advanced Tech Podcast and a moderator for Bitcoin conferences living in Vancouver in Canada. We met at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in Riga back in September of 2019. Alexandra works for Microsoft as Developer Engagement Lead for Azure and follows the developments in Bitcoin since 2017. We talk about why we are interested in Bitcoin only, about podcasting, about Bitcoin in Canada and learning resources for Bitcoin and much more. What am I doing at the moment? Besides producing a podcast episode per week, I've updated my German beginner's guide for Bitcoin, which is available on Amazon or directly from me when you want to pay in Bitcoin. Besides that, I'm looking intensively for sponsors for my trip to Zimbabwe and Botswana in February. I will not only cover the living situation of people there, but also if and how Bitcoin is used and what might be missing. Also, I want to donate two Raspi Blitzes and hopefully other technical equipment I can get for the local communities. My flights are booked already with the generous support of my fellow podcaster Peter McCormick. I saw him posting on Twitter looking for hints where to go for his own show and I answered that I'm already going to Zimbabwe and that he should go somewhere else because I thought it would be silly to cover the same countries when there are so many places where Bitcoin is needed. He then immediately offered his support and that was the boost I needed at this moment to book my flights. So thank you very much, Peter. I'm looking forward to your interviews from your travels on your What Bitcoin Did show and on the Defiance podcast. If you like my work, then please donate. I set up a Telecoin fundraiser page for this purpose. You can find it at bit.ly forward slash African special. If you're representing a company, please drop me a note at hello at anitaposch.com, posh with S-C-H, and I will send you a sponsorship deck with more information about all opportunities. Thank you. Before we start, a message from my sponsors at Coinfinity. I want to say a special thank you to Coinfinity. It's the company that's supporting me from the beginning on, from my first episodes, when I only had like 50 or 60 listeners. So thank you to Coinfinity. If you want to be independent and secure your personal financial freedom with Bitcoin, you have to hold your own keys and must not use a custodial wallet. So if you're one of the people who thinks of investing in Bitcoin long term in the most easy way and who prefers not to use a hardware wallet because it has to be maintained, doing firmware updates and more, or you just want to gift someone Bitcoin, then the card wallet is for you. You'll get one Bitcoin address, you can send Bitcoin to it, and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. That's it. 
The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House, which is also responsible for the Austrian passports, and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker. Order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita and get 20% off. Now on to the show and as always you can find all recommendations and links mentioned in this episode in the show notes on the episode page at bitcoinandco.com. There you can also find a books page with all reading recommendations from my guests. bitcoinandco.com with an U. Please subscribe to my show in your favorite podcast player, come back for more episodes and share it on social media. I'm sitting here with Alexandra Moxin. Hi, Alexandra. Hello. Thanks for taking the time to do this interview. Yeah, you are a moderator and you're also a podcast host. I find that very interesting uh, and wanted to talk with you. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. And I'd just like to say before we get started, this is absolutely one of the best podcasts. I think you do a phenomenal job in the space. And um, I really appreciate your Bitcoin-only focus and the fact that you're focusing on education. So it's it's good. Thank you very much. That's absolutely my goal. And, um, but this focusing on Bitcoin only, to be honest, it's uh, also a learning process. So because when I got into the space and educated myself, like for instance, with the free MOOC from the University of Nicosia, which is a great resource. I really didn't know. I mean, there were so many things and all those altcoins and what is it about and only through learning and uh, listening to other people and um, learning about the technology, I realized that might it might be really Bitcoin only as a money. You know, um, how was that for you? When what's your what's your story? What's my story? Uh, so in the Bitcoin space, um, I got into it into I guess in the summer of 2017. Uh, right around August, so before the big uh, spike in price. Oh, that's funny because that's actually the same time as I did. So uh, rewinding back to um, summer of 2017 in August, uh, I was watching Banking on Bitcoin by Chris Conacciari, and I apologize if I've, I've totally butchered that last name, um, which is a great film. So it was a good grounding in uh, the early Bitcoin scene and kind of how Bitcoin got started, um, at least from a... I guess kind of what it is, and it was a, a series of interviews with people uh, in the space, um, and it was it was interesting. caught my caught my attention, and I wanted to learn a little bit more. Um, on the podcast, we had a, an earlier episode with uh, somebody who is, I think he's working for them now, but he was interning at Coinbase, um, and so that's sort of where my knowledge in the space started. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Before, what did you do before? What's your profession? Where do, do you come from? <laughs> that is a complicated answer. Um, gosh, I mean, my, my background, I, I studied psychology and, um, it was kind of a roundabout way though. Uh, when I was, when I was four, I decided I wanted to be a doctor and, um, I was absolutely certain about that. And then life just kind of gets in the way. And, um, I modeled for a little while. I was a fitness trainer for a while. Um, one of my proudest achievements is when I was 14, I was the youngest certified um, fitness instructor, although I couldn't technically be certified because I was too young, but um, that was uh, it's, it's something that's always been a very big part of my life. Um, I, I train people occasionally now, uh, just friends, um, but it's never something that I do. Uh, I spend a lot of time um, doing uh, professionally just because it's something that's so deeply important to maintaining myself. Um, 
<laughs> God, that sounds arrogant. No, no, no. I deeply, I, I totally understand that because I'm into cycling and swimming because my knees are broken, so I can't uh, do anything else, you know, like running. And it's sport is so important for me. It's really like for meditation. And on the other hand, I hear a lot of podcasts <laughs> while cycling, to be honest. Um, so I think it's very, very, um, important for oneself. So, and, um, jobs or life is demanding and, and working is demanding. So we need to have some other stuff to do. You really do. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of where I started. Um, so yeah, currently I'm uh, a new uh, new thing in my life is I'm currently working with Microsoft. So I am the developer engagement lead for Azure in Western Canada. What are you doing there? What's the goal? Yeah, so a lot of it is working um it's I'm very new to Microsoft and and Microsoft is an interesting company. So uh, it seems like a, a complete left field decision, uh, you know, because I'm involved in very much the advanced tech space, but so is Microsoft. They're making some really interesting plays, uh, and they've always invested wisely and strategically in uh, different technologies and different companies. Um, I remember there is a movie that I saw um, about the, and I think it was about Compaq, but there was a, a small, um, there was a smaller company that was, uh, gosh, uh, basically, Microsoft came to the came to the rescue, and same with Apple. And so they've really been there uh, for tech, and mm-hmm. in a really interesting way. They're one of the few trillion dollar companies in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an absolute honor to be working for them. So coming to conferences like this, because we've met, I think, the first time in New York at the Magical Crypto Conference. Um, going to such conferences, is this a kind of a hobby for you? Uh, why do you do this? Um, I do this because I believe strongly in Bitcoin. Um, and I have since I've, I've learned, learned about it. And I think as I was getting into the space, uh, there were a few guests that we had on the podcast that were building on other protocols. Um, somebody in the regulatory space and there is, uh, Singularity Net, uh, who built on Ethereum. It'd be really cool if they switched to Bitcoin. Cause if you look at Ben Gertzel's, um, talks, previous talks. Um, he was wearing a, a Bitcoin, like a, a big shiny Bitcoin necklace. And so now they're building on Ethereum. And I'm not quite sure why, but um, I guess maybe at the end of the day, if it's emerging tech, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're talking about money, it sure matters. Uh, because one of the things that really is important is security. And Bitcoin is, I believe that's its biggest strength is the fact that it's backed by so much power. And, you know, people that cut down Bitcoin talk about, uh, oh, it's, you know, it's boiling the oceans and, and all that garbage. And if you look at what actually goes into, into Bitcoin, um, you want that security. And there are so many other alternative energy, uh, ways we can make energy, um, renewables and, and things like that. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't buy that argument. You know, it's, and it's, it's a tough thing because if you don't really know much in the space, um, oh, well, environmentalism, like it's bad for the environment. That's a pretty valid argument. And if you don't know, you don't want to say, you know, yes, let's trash the planet. So, <laughs> I mean, but you know, I, the more I'm into the space, the more I learn that the, the people who are into Bitcoin by heart and do that, like develop the stuff, you know, develop the infrastructure. They are, I think, not interested in consumerism or in ma- in fast money in any way. They are really concerned about society and economy. And therefore, I'm sure they're also concerned about the 
electricity that Bitcoin needs, but it has a reason why it's needed. Um, yesterday I was talking to Austin Alexander. Uh, he's working for Kraken and, uh, he was saying, um, Bitcoin is actually a battery. It stores energy. And I think it's like gold. Gold is also made by nature and it's also in a way energy because when earth was created or did create itself, <laughs> um, gold was made, you know, and that was a lot of energy in there. Actually, there are also many new ways of finding electricity to mine Bitcoin because miners can go everywhere and, um, other forms. We don't have the batteries that can uh, save this form of energy at the moment and Bitcoin can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I find really interesting about Bitcoin, uh, specifically is that it, it changes the power dynamic. And for me, uh, if you look on my Twitter, I, I have the hashtag cypherpunk and I was a kind of cypherpunk in training as a hashtag before, but I've fully committed to the, the cypherpunk hashtag. Um, because I think it's, it's a statement. It's important. Um, I think that Bitcoin, uh, rebalances power and gives power back to the individual. And I think that's a very, very, it's a thing that we've lost over, you know, over time. And we've, you know, as, as humanity, we've always, you know, we've always had rulers and whether they're kings or despots or, you know, decent rulers and government and you name it. Um, I'm going to start sounding like a conspiracy theorist here in a moment if I'm not careful. Uh, but there's always been a, a balance of power and usually it's the few that, that hold the power and distribute it uh, quite unevenly to the many. And Bitcoin changes that. Um, you know, you talk to other people in the space and like, well, only a few wallets hold, you know, Bitcoin and it's still the same thing, just in digital. And it's not. Um, you can you can get into the space by, you know, just a few Satoshis. Um, you can stack sats as it's known. And, you know, it's it's still early. It's still an experiment, but it's a really cool and compelling element. And if we can get this right, think of how that's going to change the world. Mm. I think you're right. I mean, giving back money into the hands of the people because it's, it's individual, it's money for individuals. You have the hashtag cypherpunk. What does this mean? I mean, what does it imply? Well, the, the technical term, I guess, if you want to go for the, the cypherpunk manifesto, uh, cypherpunks write code and, what I like about the movement is, and I even hesitate to call it a movement. It's rebellious by nature, but it's a, it's more defensive than offensive in my view. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh it's like a silent revolution. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, focusing on, you know, people, you go through life and people are like, oh, that's just the way it is. And, uh, I think that's, um, I don't know if you had it out swearing, but I think that's bullshit. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? I don't. Um, I think one of the sentences in the manifesto is something like, uh, only collect the data that's really, really needed for the kind of transaction, but don't collect all the data. And that's exactly what Facebook and the others do. Mm-hmm. They make money with our data. And I think they always say it's for a better life. You know, you find things e- more easily, easily. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah. But uh-huh. it shouldn't be convenient. I mean, it should, but uh, on the other hand, please, my data is my data, and I want to decide what I want to do with it. And that's may, that's also the reason I get into be more like looking on my privacy and um, not giving out so much data. And and yeah, this, this is this is the way they work. 
As a general precaution, it's always good to, if something's really easy, sometimes it's too easy for a reason. And it's, it's good to question that. And uh, one of the things that I also like about Bitcoin is that it's brought back, um, it's seeming to bring back uh, critical thinking, which I think is a skill of a society where we've, um, we've kind of lost over time. You know, we get our news fed to us. We get, um, you know, whether it's through schooling, uh, you name it, it's just, it's kind of like the one source. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, but at the same time, we should always be able to ask questions. And the minute you can't ask why, there's a huge problem. Um, and the minute you have to say everything on script and be exactly, you know, this is the only acceptable thing. I mean, we're seeing that in China. And uh, it's very... I think that's very scary. Yeah, but sometimes it's just not comfortable to ask questions. You know, I, I think sometimes people, they just don't want to know the answer. That's true. That's true. And because it gets hard then. It's not easy anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, life is hard. I mean, it's, uh, if you want to leave and lead an interesting life, it's important to, it's important to always ask questions. And that's uh, something that I've always, I think when I was, when I was a kid, my, third word was why <laughs> and if something didn't make sense i would keep asking until it made sense and yeah i'm i'm a little bit that's my nature so you like to ask questions i do i do i'm uh, often better at asking questions than answering questions <laughs> but it might be a reason why we're bo both podcasters <laughs> asking questions all the time and like nagging people so tell me tell me mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's an art also um to like let people speak freely about what they think and still have an interesting like um line in one of these interviews so why did you start podcasting and what's your podcast called right so it's the advanced tech podcast not advanced because we're not interested in moving backward advanced because we're moving forward uh, so we're focused mostly on emerging tech and what is emerging tech i mean bitcoin absolutely belongs in there Uh, when it comes to cryptocurrency, that's the only thing uh, that we, we talk about is Bitcoin. And I've made the formal statement as of the, earlier this year, although we kind of transitioned to that last year. Um, well, we'll talk about artificial intelligence, distributed systems, uh, XR, which is uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, and mixed reality. Um, and just people that are really thinking thinking about the future. Um, one of my favorite episodes is with my friend Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Badminton. Uh, badminton like the sport he's a futurist he speaks around the globe uh talking to incredibly um incredibly interesting clients um you can find him <laughs> i have to give him a shout out because he's the very first person that recorded although he's like episode four um but he's doing some really interesting things and what i like about nicholas is the fact that he spends a lot of time preparing reads so much uh, every day and I find the people that really do the interesting things in the world and, and build uh, build systems and build companies and, and build like revolutionary things um, really take a lot of time to educate themselves and I think it's very important um, just always you know even if you have half an hour read something you know read a newspaper um, you know hop onto Netflix if you're more of a visual learner or Explore something. Um, maybe it's something as simple as uh, engage in a different part of your brain, like paint or, you know, take up sculpture or, uh, like you said earlier, sport. Um, for me, that's one of my biggest creative um, pursuits. And it's something that I've always kind of needed to, to do. What's, what's the goal for your podcast for you personally? 
Yeah, for me, with the podcast, it's putting out good information in the world. Uh, in the emerging tech space, there is so much misinformation. And because it's all new, um, nobody really knows the answers. And a lot of these things that are, are coming and the next big technologies, we we don't know the answer right now. So how can you talk about it? And it's, you know, a lot of a lot of the really interesting stuff. Like, it's very experimental. And can we get it absolutely wrong? 100%. But, um, I mean, I think it's always important to be pushing at the edges. And innovation happens at the edges, and then it, it moves back and forth between. But um, it's important to be able to, to do that. So in this space, um, let's see. I've been very careful about the guests that we've had on, uh, choosing people that are, are really experts in this space. And um, Yeah, I'm always also looking for experts in this space, but also people who question themselves and question their ideas. You're also a moderator, panel moderator at conferences. You moderated yesterday the panel on the last five years in Bitcoin, something like that. That was the title, I think, with uh, Adam Beck and Giacomo Succo. So yeah, the panel, uh, Reflecting on Scaling, five years on. Uh, that title actually was, was Adam's idea. Uh, so full credit goes to him. I can remember the one uh, sentence Giacomo said that um, scalability now is not so important for Bitcoin at the moment. It's uh, privacy and fungibility, mm -hmm. which I'm I'm happy that he said that uh, because I think that's really important in the next phase, like also to differentiate Bitcoin to something like Libra, for instance. I mean, we know that's completely different, yeah. but uh, I think many people out there can't tell the difference and um, also that in many countries the the cash use the use of cash is going back i mean when i was in new york i was surprised i mean nobody takes cash almost anymore and that's rather scary for me because um uh, it, it makes me a little bit anxious because without cash you can't pay anonymously anymore mm -hmm. and I think that uh, Bitcoin needs more privacy and fungi fungibility for that purpose to be a um, a new form of cash you're from Canada you live in Canada I do yeah and um, how is the acceptance or the knowledge about Bitcoin there how far is it yeah um, so in Canada we have a, a lot of a lot of Bitcoiners uh, we have strong communities in Vancouver which is where I'm based out of, um, Montreal, Calgary, Toronto. Um, so yeah, there's a number of really, uh, really, there's a lot of strong support for Bitcoin in Canada. Um, I know one of the, the places that, uh, that holds a lot of events uh, in Vancouver is a place called Decontrol. And it's a, it's a really cool hack space. Um, Andreas Antonopoulos is often there when he goes through town. Uh, and it's, he talks about uh, keeping Bitcoin weird And it's definitely a place that keeps Bitcoin weird. And I think that's a good thing. You know, it's not like Bitcoin's not meant to be this like there's this whole, oh, blockchain movement, right? And the blockchain's not the interesting thing about Bitcoin. I think many people needed it um, for something new, like or shiny and not to have to talk about Bitcoin and confront themselves with Bitcoin. I think because... As soon as you start talking about Bitcoin, you're an outsider. And who wants to be an outsider? Most people don't. Hmm. See, I've never had an issue with being the, the outsider. Um, I'm actually more comfortable as an outsider, which is kind of weird, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, but that's just my nature. You know, I have no problem asking the questions. And 
I don't, I tend not to do that in an, in an obnoxious way. Uh, at least I try not to, but, um, yeah, just because it's hard doesn't mean that we, we shouldn't be doing something and that should never, ever be a, you know, oh, it's too hard or too uncomfortable. That's where all the interesting stuff happens is in that zone of being uncomfortable. And like, you don't want to put yourself out there and, and be like, you know, the crazy person ranting on the street, but there's absolutely no harm in sticking to your principles. And the minute that it becomes too uncomfortable for others by you sticking to your principles, it probably means you're growing. And, you know, all the people that have created anything amazing in the world at, at any one time have been, you know, they've, they've had some time to themselves and you find new friends, you, uh, you forge new relationships. And I think that that's, you know, that's part of the, the growth process. You're absolutely right. And all the, the thing you said about finding new friends and finding new people, I found that in Bitcoin, it's really true. I mean, I got to know so many new and different people with different views. Um, but what's connecting us is the, the interest for and, and like a little bit of a, a fight for Bitcoin, I would say. And uh, I really made friends and it's great because they are from all over the world. And I love the fact, yeah. And, and it's really like also this connection to know there are other people who think likewise, uh, is very good. Yeah. There's always, I think there's always been that uh, kind of undercurrent, if you will. And I think Bitcoin's bringing that a little bit into the mainstream. Um, that almost feels a little bit dangerous to say, but, um, ideas by their very nature, can be a little bit dangerous. And So how often are you releasing episodes for your podcast? Not very often these days. It's, it's not a news show. It's a, it's a source of information. So um, I'd rather wait and put out episodes of really high quality. I was at the beginning of the year looking at twice a month, every two weeks roughly. Uh, but there's a ton of work that goes, as you know, <laughs> into producing an episode. Um, and... Because the news cycles move fairly quickly, um, I think waiting and putting out something that's more uh, more a feature piece is something that uh, appeals to me anyway. Um, and I, I'd like to have at the end of, you know, as we get to 100 episodes, which hopefully we'll get to it someday, um, I'd like that to really be a body of work that is something that I'm proud of and um, that really makes an impact on the world. Cool. <laughs> Uh, high goals, <laughs> but <laughs> you need to have them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but I mean, how, um, how many episodes have you, uh, launched until now? So we're at, currently at episode 33. Um, oh, that's about the same as I am. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. But, and now if I listen to my first ones, I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> the sound quality is bad. Um, yeah, I, listening to your own voice is, Oh my God. And, um, but on the other hand, if you don't start, you never go anywhere. Absolutely. It's that moment of being uncomfortable. And if, if everyone was an expert right out of the gate, life would be super easy. But I think as, you know, as people, we, we just, we go and we explore and we try new things and we, you know, sometimes we find that we're good at things. So, or something really appeals to us and we're, we're curious. So we want to know, you know, what that thing is all about. Um, And yeah, nobody starts out an expert. Uh, that's something that people forget all the time. There's uh, a few podcasts that I've listened to over the years. Tim Ferriss is a uh, prime example. 
Um, and one of the really interesting things about uh, about his podcast is, and him as a person, I've not met him, uh, I'd like to one day, is uh, I'd actually like to have him on the show. <laughs> so Tim, if you're listening, reach out. Um, I really appreciate that he is, uh, he's, he self-experiments, right? And, you know, he's always pu- pushing the envelope, but it's not anything that he, you know, he stands on a pedestal talking about. He puts in the work and that's something I really appreciate. Um, and what I've tried to reflect on our show is people that have put in the work and people that, you know, they have big goals. Like I want to talk to people that have the goal of fundamentally changing the world in, in some way. And you don't need to do that through violent means. Um, you know, and it doesn't need to be, sometimes it's just it's contributing something and you know making making one person's life better or a handful of people's lives better you know it 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 starts it starts small but uh it's important it's all important work interesting that you mentioned tim ferris because uh he's one of the people i follow like since 2006 or seven when his four hour workweek book book came out that was the time when i also was like starting out my startups you know uh like my entrepreneurial career and um i found it great how hands-on his book is you know you you could really follow it like like a workbook and also Yeah, he's, he's experiments with his health, but actually, um, that's too much for me, you know. <laughs> um, but I love his po- podcast too. He has so interesting guests and he always tries to, um, find out what's the, the secret a little bit behind the success of people. And you can learn so much. And to be honest, it's my goal to be as good as Tim Ferriss. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and have, have guests like this. Um, I also like to listen to Kara Swisher because I try to also uh, have a, like a kind of a gender balance here, like, because it's different. I mean, like Joe Rogan, for instance, uh, to be honest, the, he has very interesting guests and he does interesting interviews, but it's always men. I like to hear the views of women too. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah, so that's why I also try to focus on. But that was something I was talking now, and actually I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's good. I, I put out an episode with, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to completely blank on her name. This is terrible. That's But one of our earlier episodes, uh, sometimes the conversational style is interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, we both ask questions, right? So uh, part of... But somebody <laughs> has to give the answers. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> true. <laughs> so how has podcasting changed you? Has it changed you or your work? In a way, yeah. So I got started in in podcasting. Uh, I was a co-host for the Vancouver Tech Podcast uh, for about six months. And we talked to people that were in tech in Vancouver. And, and it was literally that simple. Um, it was a weekly show. I re- recorded on the weekends and published every Monday. Uh, I believe it's still going on. But one of the things that I wanted to do is some of the people that have inspired me um, are like the people that really change things in a, a big way. And so if you see somebody that's passionate about something, it's like, that's really cool. Um, keep doing that, but think bigger. And you sort of see this like flash in their eyes, usually like they want to, but they're like, oh, I don't know. Um, so I was always um, trying to get Drew, uh, one of the, the creators of the, the show, Drew and James, uh, to think a little bit bigger. And he wanted to be very focused on Vancouver. So Vancouver itself is kind of interesting because we're a startup town and we're known as Silicon Valley North. 
Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out of Vancouver, um, especially in the entrepreneurial space. Um, but there's not a lot of money going through Vancouver currently. And I think in Canada as a whole, that's the case. Anyway, so Drew is focused on Vancouver and I, I wanted to do something global. Um, so from the beginning, Advanced Tech Podcast has been, has had a global focus. And, you know, we're not the Vancouver podcast that talks to Vancouver startups. Not that that's a bad thing. We have had a few people from uh, Vancouver on the show. But, uh, I mean, the world is a global place now. We're all digital citizens and digital nomads in some way. And at least we have the ability to be in most places. Um, so I think it's important to, um, not be so focused on your one area of the world and, and think, you know, think a little bit bigger. Yeah. And that's, I completely agree. And on the other hand, that's what I see very often in Europe, at least. Um, speaking of Bitcoin, people always say, but we don't need it. We have credit cards. We have a government that's decently reliable and, and, and honest. I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, and they don't think about the rest of the world. They're so focused on their own lives and, um, yeah, on their own status. Um, I think that's sad because, um, we are so lucky to live where we live and we didn't do anything for it. I mean, we're just born there. Mm -hmm. That's everything. And that's also a reason why I'm not like, um, proud to be Austrian. I'm not, I, I was lucky, you know, to live there. Therefore, I'm also like, yeah, I think, I think Bitcoin is a global thing. And, um, yeah, so I can really relate to, um, what you say about being global and open. I think that's a great final. <laughs> is there anything, um, is there anything what you would like to say? Are you coming to Vienna one time? Have you been there? Um, I've never been to Vienna. Um, interestingly though, uh, Moxen is a, an Austrian last name. Um, I'm not Austrian, but my, uh, my, uh, my father's stepfather, uh, that was his last name. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very common name, but it seems to be an Austrian name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I've been to Germany. Uh, I spent last summer, I spoke at a developer conference, um, in Nuremberg. Uh, which I'd like to go back to again. Uh, it's a, it's a really, really well done conference. The people that I, I met at that conference are fantastic. Uh, so after the conference, I went up to Berlin for a couple of weeks to check out the cryptocurrency scene. And, um, of course I didn't realize that in the summer is kind of when everything takes a break. So I had about a week of being able to, to see some of the spaces. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful country. I'd love to go back. I've, I've not ventured too much over into Europe. I, I definitely need to spend more time doing that. Um, but yeah. I would love to go to Canada again. I've been there, uh, I think in 1998. I made a, a journey from New York across the Great Lakes, Canada, and back to, uh, Boston, I think, or something. It was very nice, really. Um, one thing I would like to say about Canada is we're thinking of having a conference. So Francis Puyo is, uh, likely going to be putting this together. So. Keep an eye out for Arctic Honey Badger, and we may need to look at the the branding of that because um, we don't want to take any of the the limelight away from the amazing Baltic Honey Badger Conference, uh, which is absolutely one of the best in the space. Uh, so, but yeah, we've got some cool things happening in Canada. Um, 
Do you know time-wise about when? No, we were just talking about this last night at the speaker's dinner. So Because uh, I need to plan for my next year, you know, my <laughs> conference calendar. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, I guess the best thing to make something happen is to just put it out there. So <laughs> it's, it'll happen at some point. Um, hopefully next year, um, I guess we'll just need to look at timing. Do you have any recommendations for newbies to learn Bitcoin, like books to read or videos to look at? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think Jameson Lop has a really good list of resources. Uh, so check out his page. Uh, I think it's lop.net. Lop.net, yeah. Uh, he also has a page for Lightning. And you can find, you know, right at the very beginning, like, you know, explain Bitcoin like I'm five to I'd like to program some advanced next level stuff on Bitcoin. Where do I go? Um, he's got the, the full gamut. Um, very, very well organized, uh, highly recommended place. Uh, to go for information. On the engineering side, um, I know that Blockstream puts out uh, an engineering blog on Medium. So check that out, especially if you're looking, if you're looking to program more. Um, and then, of course, you know, Andreas Antonopoulos is probably one of the, he's put a ton of work into understanding Bitcoin and, and other protocols, which I won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he's the contributions he's made to the space are are nothing short of uh, outstanding. So um, definitely, he's somebody to to look at it and go see one of his talks. He's uh, he's very approachable. When we talked to him uh, last year, so an interesting aside, we were at the uh, uh, Siegel conference, which is the Seattle GNU Linux conference, um, and focused specifically on on the two. Um, great conference. It's in November. Uh, it's a smaller conference, but it's really cool. And if uh, if you're going to be in the area, you should definitely check it out. They put a lot of great work into it. Um, so yeah, uh, we met we met with Andreas there, and they were kind enough. The place that hosts it, uh, Bellingham Technical College, they were kind enough to loan us a quiet area in their their commons. So that was that was fantastic. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, when we were talking to Andreas, he was saying that he wanted to talk about Bitcoin in, in places that need it most. So not necessarily like the, the big conferences where he's spoken at many times, but, you know, in, in areas where Bitcoin is needed and where people don't know about it. So he wanted to be focused on more developer conferences as well and, you know, explain like why Bitcoin and why not the other protocols. Because if you've got a ton of marketing dollars that you can throw at something, you can make anything sound amazing. And that's that's not good because... You want things that are of quality. So thank you very much for this talk. Absolutely. I'm um, looking forward to seeing you again at the next event. I'll be around. Uh, the next place that I'm going to, I'm speaking at, uh, well, I'm moderating the panel at Decentralized. It, yeah, Decentralized, it's in Nicosia. Is uh, this the one? Yeah, so Decentralized is an initiative uh, through the University of Nicosia. And the conference that they have is going to be in Athens, uh, which I think it's the third running this year. Uh, so they were kind enough to ask me to, to moderate there. And yeah, that's University of, the, of Nicosia is the who put out the MOOC. So the massively open online course focused on understanding what this space is all about. Um, and I, I like that they, uh, it's a it's a good introductory course. So also for sources, if you're looking for places to go, this is a fantastic one. Uh, especially if you're, you know, if you don't have a background in programming or if you don't have a background in economics, 
Um, you don't need those. Um, you just need to be willing to learn. And it's a nice grounding. Uh, it's run like a university cycle. So in the spring and fall semesters, uh, although it's completely ad hoc learning, well, you took the MOOC, so you, I took you know, it, yeah. but for people that haven't taken it, uh, definitely look it up. And I mean, it's all your, all your spending is your time, right? So that's always a wise investment, you know, spending it to learn something new. And it's one of the only occasions you get to see Andrea's life. Yes. Uh, ask, uh, answering questions from the people who are in the MOOC. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, he's put a lot of effort into that. So yeah, for those who don't know, if you want to take the MOOC, you're being taught directly by Andreas Antonopoulos, one of the, one of the most knowledgeable people in the space and the CEO of the University of Nicosia, uh, who's a well-known economist and, uh, awesome person as well. He was affected personally by, um, the, Cyprus bail-in or bail-out bail-in I always forget what it's called um, but yeah we're basically if you had you know 10 million dollars in the bank well here's your hundred thousand sorry we need your money uh, which is a until you go through something like that and I've not personally gone through that but until you go through something like that a lot of people don't understand why Bitcoin is important and why having control over your money is important and you know something you can just magically inflate and print more of when you need more money is Uh, is that a good thing? I mean, maybe there's a use case for that, but uh, I sure don't like, you know, knowing that my money is valued less and less and less over time, you know, and things get more expensive. Uh, it's just, it's not good, right? Yeah. And most people don't save then because they, of course, say to themselves, if my money gets smaller at the bank, then I buy something first. But the problem is at the moment people buy silly stuff they don't need and throw it away again. Mm-hmm. And I think with Bitcoin, you start appreciating the world again in another way and have this more low time preference than a high time preference, which means you save and you can save because you trust in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I know it's so hard to understand for other people and it might really sound weird, but I think there's something to it and I'm absolutely convinced. I am as well. Bitcoin's interesting in that it, it rips off the ro rose-colored glasses uh, with force in a nonviolent way. <laughs> I think that's um, I think that's a really good thing. We're we're a nation of um, we're a nation of consumers, you know, distracted by our, our shiny metal objects or whatever objects. And uh, why, you know, we could be doing so many more, uh, so much more as as society. There are so many deep fundamental problems that that need solving. Um, you know, like we've got uh, just, you know, everything. <laughs> there's, there's so much more that we could be doing as society and as, as humans. And, um, yeah, you know, do we want the, the shiny new car or do we want a better world? And I really, I really hope and wish that, and wish is probably the wrong word, but I, I would really like to see people, uh, spend a little bit more time, um, gathering knowledge. And just taking the time. I mean, you don't need to study and, you know, take advanced degrees and everything, but be a little more curious. And if something doesn't sit right with you, ask, well, hmm, why? And is there a better way? Uh, I think the more that we push ourselves to be better human beings, the better we, we all are as, as society. Thank you. I couldn't have said it better because I totally agree with you. Thank you, Alexandra. Absolutely. Thank you. Great talk. Thank you very much.
Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you want to support my African journey, then please donate to it on my Telecoin page. You can find it at bit.ly forward slash African special. That's bit.ly forward slash African special in one word. Thanks to my sponsors, Coinfinity and their card wallet. You can get 20% off at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita. And as always, this is a podcast, not financial advice. Please do your own research. If you like my show, please subscribe to it in your podcast player and share the episode on social media. You can find all links that were mentioned in the show notes on the website or in your podcast player. If you are in the mood for a donation, feel free to tip me at tippinme at Anita Posh. You can contact me also on Twitter, LinkedIn or YouTube. Goodbye from Vienna of Wiederhören. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Idea, content and production, yours truly, Anita Posch.